Lord. So turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 24. Last week, Israel got sucker punched. I remember playing uh, baseball. You ever been sucker punched? I remember playing baseball, and, and the custom was is after the game, we were to go and greet the uh, opposing team. And to be a good sport, we're supposed to be a good sport, so you go and you shake hands, hey, whatever happened during the game, whatever, but, you know, good game, man. And I remember I went to put my hand out to Joey Gibley, and instead of taking my hand, he cold-cocked me and knocked me flat on my butt. I've never forgot that experience. <laughs> uh, it uh, really made a mark in my life. Uh, and... Uh, and so this is what happened to Israel. Thousands of Hamas terrorists uh, blitzed into uh, the nation of Israel. Much of Israel had their guard down. Uh, it was the end of their uh, Feast of Tabernacles, a feast that went on for seven days. And the last day of that is called Shim, uh, Simshat Torah. And Shim, Simshat Torah is literally the celebration of the words of God. The Torah is the law of God that God would give Moses the first five books of the Bible, also known to us as the Pentateuch. Uh, and it's a celebration that God would uh, give that to his people. Brother, I'm having just a little bit ring here on the, um, uh, the uh, monitors and so uh, it was towards the, uh, the end of Deuteronomy that God pleads as he, he gave the, uh, the, the Torah, the five, first five books. And in Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, he said, Choose life that both you and your children may live. So this sums up uh, God's great purpose in um, making covenant with the people of God, the people of Abraham, was to uh, give them a sure compass, a spiritual compass that they may know how to navigate life and that they might have relationship with God. Now, there are enemies to Israel and there is a stated goal of the uh, present enemy, uh, Hamas, and they, uh, in their charter, uh, they seek, written in their charter, they seek the death of every Jew. The death of every Jew. Uh, this is a goal stated explicitly in their charter, which asserts this is a religious obligation. And quote, I'm quoting from their charter. The day of judgment will not come about until Muslims fight the Jews. When the Jew will hide behind stones and trees... The stones and trees will say, O oh Muslims, O oh Abdullah, there is a Jew behind me, come and kill him. So this is a mentality. They are raised, you could even say in a way, bred to um, have a, uh, a hatred. It's not rational. It's a spiritual thing. And this sentiment uh, drove the uh, Hamas terrorists as a... Uh, like a blitzkrieg across the, uh, the border with Israel between Gaza and uh, the nation of Israel. And uh, it was uh, early morning. They began their assault at 5 a.m. They cut the fences. They used um, power 
uh, hang gliders. Um, they used uh, motorcycles. They had bulldozers and uh, bolt cutters, all kinds of stuff. When they came into the various uh, kibbutzes um, where the houses are, the communities are, many of them had drills that they walk up to the house. And of course, lots of people would lock their door like probably you do. And they just, they use that drill, steel hardened drill to just blitz right through the, the lock and uh, came in and wantonly uh, killed um, grandparents, moms, dads, pregnant women, ripped up uh, women that were uh, pregnant, killed babies, even uh, reports that they beheaded little babies. And so this uh, makes it extremely difficult to, um, uh, to live at peace or live in a, as neighbors uh, in that place. And so uh, I want to say something uh, that I believe uh, 100% is true. There will never be real peace, and I'm emphasizing real or true peace, until the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, comes back and he enforces um, uh, peace upon uh, the world. Until then, how true it is, uh, my son preached last week uh, a message and he made reference to Zechariah chapter 12, verse 2. It says, Behold, God is prophesying through the prophet Zechariah many hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago. He said, Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about. When they shall be in the siege against both um, Judah and against Jerusalem. And in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces. Though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. This is very specific, very direct language. And it talks about Israel being, as it were, a stumbling stone to the, all the nations um, of the world um, uh, surrounding it. Um, and uh, it is going to be uh, something that uh, people trip over. It is going to be uh, a rock of offense, as it were. And so uh, regardless of how many uh, envoy, uh, envoys, how many peace missions, how many councils, um, that man would try to introduce to bring uh, the contesting parties together, there's not going to be, uh, according to Bible prophecy, real peace in Israel until Jesus Christ comes back and takes the kingdoms of this world and makes them his own. In fact, just the opposite. In 1 Thessalonians 5, it speaks this word of prophecy. Paul writes, but of the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need that I would write to you for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as travail upon a woman with child and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and a helmet, the hope of salvation." 
For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to read in just a bit out of Matthew 24. It's going to be our springboard text. But I want to say I've announced him blowing the trumpet or sounding the alarm. You can take your pick, which you prefer. Both of them have the connotation of sounding a warning. And I want to uh, lay some groundwork. Why does this need to be preached? And in light of the present circumstances, it ought to be obvious. And there needs to be um, a sounding the alarm. There needs to be a, an attempt on the part of God's um, uh, watchmen, the preachers, the pastors, the evangelists, the apostles, those uh, that um, are God's representative um, on the face of the earth um, to lift up their voice like a trumpet and proclaim um, one of the job descriptions um, of a preacher or pastor is that he is to be a watchman um, that sounds the alarm. He is like the old uh, in olden times, um, uh, before they had radar, or before they had all these uh, different detection systems, um, they used to rely on men being the watchmen. They committed the safety of the cities to those men that would climb the uh, parapet. They would uh, be on the walls of the uh, of the castle or the um, of the city. Um, most ancient cities um, had walls to protect them. Uh, and it was a duty, the, the sacred responsibility of the watchmen uh, uh, to constantly be scanning the horizon so that the people would not be um, uh, uh, surprised or um, assaulted and, um, and without any kind of a warning. And so this is one of the jobs. And they oftentimes would communicate an alarm by blowing a trumpet and uh, waking the people from their sleep if it happened at night or even to, um, uh, during the daytime uh, to get their attention. Now, this needs to be done in a spiritual sense uh, because the truth is many of God's people are not living right. They're not living as they should be. They're diverted. They're distracted. Many of the people that would claim to be related to God, they are fostering attitudes that are not right. They have secret sins, they are half-hearted, or they are lukewarm, and most emphatically, this is not the time to be any of those. This is not the time uh, to be diddling around, uh, uh, messing around with carnality, uh, messing around with the things of this world uh, or the things of sin um, and in compromise um, uh, with the world, uh, having left their first love, uh, they are distracted, they are diverted. Um, and the Bible speaks about this, First John chapter 2, verse 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world... The love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that does the will of God abides him forever. You know, many of God's people are more excited to go to a Halloween party than they are to go to an outreach. Something's wrong with God's people when they want to dress up like witches or people that are in the occult 
And I never can forget a man that was used to go to this church no longer. And he, during Halloween, uh, as it were, seduced other members of the church into a foul party uh, and all kinds of uh, foulness. And, and it came to my attention. And as a good pastor, I kicked his butt. Isn't that great? And too bad because uh, he didn't uh, come to repentance, but that, uh, that's not going to stop this pastor from getting in your face if you're going off the, off the, uh, uh, the cliff. You know, many people are going to miss the rapture. They're going to miss the rapture, I'm telling you that. Not everyone, Jesus says, that says, Lord, Lord, is going to enter into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And, and uh, he gives, gives a very plain explanation for that. He says, because they don't do the will of God. They're not um, uh, heart and soul um, connected to Jesus Christ. Listen to what, um, he, how he describes it in Matthew 7, verse 21. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then Jesus said, I'll profess unto them. I never knew you depart from me. You that work iniquity or lawlessness. What he's saying there in one translation is, uh, depart from me. I don't bear relationship with you. You claim religious activities. Uh, you have a religious posture and of a certain, um, uh, of a certain uh, uh, level, um, but uh, your heart is far from me. Your heart is distracted. Your heart uh, has pursued other idols, um, other loves, um, and you are not um, uh, in my um, uh, inner circle, as it were, um, uh, because you're not uh, passionately uh, uh, committed to follow me. You know, the Bible tells us something. And I want to tell you very faithfully, uh, Jesus is going to come back as a thief in the night. And when he comes back, the church is going to be raptured. Uh, but the rapture, in effect, is a judgment on the church. It is a great blessing. It's the blessed hope. Uh, it's that hope that you and I, we don't have to perhaps uh, 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 die and go into, a, uh, go into a coffin in the ground. Uh, somebody said, I'm not looking for a hole in the ground. I'm looking for a hole in the air. The rapture, when Jesus comes uh, and snatches his people. Um, uh, but you see, um, uh, that means that we need to be ready. You cannot, um, uh, you know, when the rapture is going to happen, God's not going to tell you uh, five minutes before, hey, everybody, in five minutes, uh, I'm going to uh, call you all up to the clouds um, and you'll be with me forevermore. No, the rapture is going to happen. Uh, you either is or you ain't. You're either a saint or an ain't and there's no time the bible says in the twinkling of an eye in an atomos the smallest measurable divisible amount of time in the twinkling of an eye uh the church is going to be uh, snatched away uh, uh, forcefully snatched away. You're not going to be able to think about it. The power of God uh, is going to give us an airlift uh, and up we go to be with Jesus forevermore. Now that's a great blessed hope for those that are right with God. 
but it ought to terrify you if you're not right with God. If you got some funny business going on in the, in the background, if you got some secret sin going on, that ought to cause you to come to the altar of repentance tonight and do business with God and get your heart right. Because I declare to you, whether you like it or not, it's going to happen. And so that's why you need to listen to this sermon. You know what? Uh, there's no such thing as late repentance for the rapture. Amen. Carnal Esau, the Bible says he sold his birthright. He lost something precious, and then he sought it in, with tears, uh, crocodile tears. You can, you can use all the, um, the snot boxes uh, that, uh, that they have and leave tissues from here to Timbuktu, um, uh, but it's too late. Better that you uh, uh, come uh, while the door is still open, the ark of the um, church Uh, like Noah's Ark, uh, is still open. um, And now is the time to get your affairs right with God. So let's, uh, having uh, laid that um, uh, foundation, let's move on to current events. In 1947, after World War II, after the development of the atomic bombs, uh, Albert Einstein was involved, other Oppenheimer and some others were involved. Uh, they formed, uh, uh, they got a group together and they uh, established something that was called the Doomsday Clock. And what this was to represent is just like a regular clock with 12 hours, they would put the minute hand towards midnight. And at midnight was the time of doom. And the, and the clock strikes midnight, it's over. Uh, whether it's nuclear holocaust, uh, whether it's some other um, uh, worldwide disaster. Um, and so this has been uh, on the minds of men. We now have the weapons uh, uh, to completely annihilate and completely wipe out. And all flesh, all human flesh... Uh, can be eradicated by the weapons that we now possess. I also want to point out, men have always used the weapons that they, that they possess. We may have, have some, uh, you know, detente or some, uh, some checks going on, nuclear uh, deals that go on, but you know what, um, uh, just study history. Men have many times entered packs, uh, and then when it's their con- it's it's convenient to them, uh, or they think they're going to get the jump on their on their opponent, uh, uh, they will use weapons uh, uh, to get the upper hand. Uh, and uh, really, it is just the grace of God that we haven't blown ourselves to smithereens already. There have been close calls, but. Here it is, is that man has a clock, and just for your information, out of the recent events, rightly so, those that are in charge of the guardians of the doomsday clock, they have moved the minute hand and the second hand to 90 seconds before midnight. In times past, when United States and Russia, the two primary superpowers, when they were uh, in, um, you know, you know, salt uh, treaties and so forth. Uh, uh, it was, it was dialed back to seven minutes. I think at one time it was 15 minutes. Uh, but those that are in the know, 
they have positioned the hand to 90 seconds before absolute disaster. And part of it has moved the, uh, the hand because of what's going on uh, this past week. But I want you to know something. Man is not the only one that has a timepiece. God has a clock. You know, God is not um, just simply responding knee-jerk and he's just making it up as he goes like is the, is the habit of many people. You know, there's a lot of people that just kind of make it up as they go. They just kind of react and knee-jerk reactions and so forth. That is completely not the case with God. God has a plan. God has the beginning of his plan, and God knows the end of his plan. And the point to uh, impress upon us tonight is that that plan is marching on. And just like the sand in the sand, uh, the, the glass, uh, it is going, um, uh, the sand is, uh, is uh, rapidly falling um, and the plan of God uh, for this dispensation, uh, it's a big word, a dispensation means a period of time, a period of time in God's economy or God's calendar where something is uh, to take place, uh, certain events are to happen. And so as, uh, as it was uh, last week at 5 a.m., a, la- a week from uh, Saturday, yesterday, a week ago, uh, 5 a.m., uh, Hamas um, poured across the border and, uh, and um, things again uh, have been uh, stirred up uh, and things are rocking and rolling. Now, you might want to consider a couple of things about this. Um, well, we say, well, that's just, uh, that's just life. That's just the way. Listen. Uh, think about this tiny sliver of a nation. Israel is 300 miles long at its, its longest and about uh, 80 miles wide at its widest. And it's about the same size as New Jersey. And yet this little sliver of a piece of land mass um, is uh, so highly significant. It actually... Uh, is um, on the border, it connects three different continents. It connects Africa, it connects um, Asia, and it connects um, uh, Europe, and it has been called the belly button of the world. There are nine million inhabitants um, in the nation of, of, uh, of Israel. I looked up the metro area of Phoenix. It's four and a half million. So twice the population of the metro of Phoenix. And so uh, about 7 million of those are Jews um, and the rest um, are uh, Muslims or Palestinians, Arabs, um, some other uh, mix of Gentile nations. Um, And so uh, this little tiny little nation uh, has dominated and uh, the whole world uh, is obsessed in a cycle of news 24 Seven around the clock, uh, this dominates. Just to prove my point, I went on my uh, iPad to Fox News, the four lead stories, as has been ever since this began. It's the lead um, uh, story of the hour, story after story. This network, Fox News, uh, uh, CNN, uh, CSBC, whatever, all the alphabet uh, alphabet stations, uh, 
all of them in the United States, uh, many across in Europe, uh, many over in the Philippines, over in Africa. The world um, is completely dominated uh, by what is happening in Israel. Again, that's a prophecy. You know, there's all kinds of things going on in the world. There's floods, there's, there's, there's earthquakes, there's things that are happening, but we don't hear about that. We don't hear about that with a nonstop cycle, but here's this dinky little nation of Israel that I think the expression was used by my son, punches way above its weight, and, uh, and, and um, the um, uh, word of God that we've, uh, uh, we want to look at um, is in our text in Matthew 24, is that Jesus described... Um, uh, and uses the expression about Israel. And uh, in the prophetic sense, uh, it speaks about Israel like a fig tree. And when you see it spread forth its leaves, um, you know that it is near. It is even at the door. The Amplified Translation of Matthew 24 says, So also, when you shall see these signs all taken together coming to pass, you may know of a surety that he is near at the very doors. So this is an image that we can paint for our, our minds. We have a, a street and there's a house. And from the street, um, there is a pathway that goes up the stairs, uh, front porch. Uh, and uh, it's as though Jesus um, is on that path. Uh, he has come up the path. He is on the stairs. He's on the landing. Uh, here is the door. Uh, and uh, and uh, he is, uh, as it were, just knocking at the door. This is the description and the, and the uh, flavor of what the scripture is saying uh, that when you start to see these things begin to come to pass, uh, know this, um, it's not just like other times, oh, this always is just the way it happens. No, uh, what it says to us um, is uh, a heads up, heads up, uh, things are very close. Uh, the Lord Jesus is very close to coming. Uh, and he goes on to say, in fact, let's read this in Matthew 24, verse 32. Jesus said, now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and put forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you shall see all these things, know that it is near at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will no, uh, by no means pass away. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage uh, until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. So once again, all eyes are upon Israel. And if you know any of the Bible, you know that God's purposes in the Old Testament revolve around this people, that they trace their lineage up to their father of their, uh, the nation, which is Abraham. 
Abraham was a man that found favor in the sight of God. He was a man that walked by faith with God and pleased God. And God entered into a covenant. This is a sacred binding relationship and a covenant. And it's not because Israel is better, smarter. God loves them more than anybody else. But but God made a covenant with them. He chose and singled out a family line which became a nation so that he may demonstrate his love, his grace, his supernatural power, his covenantal provisions and blessing for this people that they might be an inspiration for the rest of the world uh, that the world could look at and say oh look at the um, God of Abraham he is not like uh, the uh, the idol gods or Baals or or Molech or these other uh, idol gods or these uh, these impersonal gods he is a personal God and God wanted um, uh, to use Israel um, uh, to be an example for the rest of the world. But you see, and the covenant that God made with them, uh, he wanted uh, to choose uh, Abraham and his descendants. Genesis 17, verse 7. And I will establish my covenant between me and you, Abraham, and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. Listen. Also, I give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger, all the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. This is an everlasting covenant. God wants to be their God. He wants to show the world uh, his um, mercy, the riches of his love and goodness, so on and so forth. Uh, and uh, and uh, this is a, uh, a purpose that God has. But please notice something. God said this is an everlasting covenant. Uh, Abraham, not only will I have this connection to you and to your people, uh, but also I pledge to you, uh, I give you this piece of property uh, in uh, the Middle East there, in the land of Canaan, uh, uh, which literally is from the river, um, the river of Egypt, the Nile, to the Euphrates, uh, the Mediterranean, uh, and goes um, south. Uh, and some Bible scholars say that it even includes uh, uh, this border of uh, this uh, southern border of, uh, of Israel actually could even take in the oil riches of Saudi Arabia. God said, I've given this to you for an everlasting covenant. It belongs to the Jews. The land belongs to the Jews. God gave it to them. They may have messed up as they in fact did. They had to be judged. They were uh, warned about that. But listen to what God said in Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 9. He told them, and Nehemiah was part of the uh, return of the people of God. He said, God said in Nehemiah 1 verse 9, But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, Though some of you were cast out to the farthest part of the heavens, yet I will gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. That's what covenant does. 
You know what? Um, covenant um, means that, that even though people may rebel and fall into sin or degeneration, they may give up, but God never gives up. Glory to God, because that's covenant. And he has made a covenant. Uh, and so here we have a, a situation. Here we are today. Israel, uh, at the time of Christ, and God has dispensations. And there's two dispensations uh, that are critical all Christians need to understand. The dispensation of God's dealing with the people of uh, Abraham, the Jewish people, uh, and when they rejected Jesus Christ as their Messiah. You will recall that uh, at, during the trial of Jesus, Pilate uh, was seeking to wiggle out of having to judge Jesus. His own wife had said, don't have anything to do with him. I've had a dream. He's a righteous man. Uh, husband, don't, don't, um, uh, don't mess with this guy. Uh, there's something supernatural here. And so Pilate is spooked. He wants to, uh, he says, you know, I don't find any reason to, uh, to um, uh, judge him. And uh, they, began to, they began to holler. They began to agitate. They said, listen, you're no friend of Caesar. Uh, you know, he says he's a king. And, and if you allow him to live, um, you're no friend of Caesar. And so Pilate says, you know what? Uh, uh, I wash my hands. And so we have that symbolic washing uh, of his hands in water. But the people uh, that were there, the high priests, uh, the, the um, leaders of Israel, they cried out something. Uh, and uh, they said, uh, let his blood be upon us and upon our children's head. Well, that's exactly what happened. Uh, this, this judgment uh, of Christ uh, when he was betrayed uh, was 30 AD uh, and one generation, 40 years um, in 70 AD, Titus, the Roman general, came in uh, and completely wiped out um, uh, the people of God. You can read about Masada and uh, the standoff. Um, the Romans um, uh, doggedly uh, built this ramp. It took them a couple years to do it, uh, but they they, um, they conquered Israel. They scraped the land. Um, later on, uh, the other uh, Roman uh, Caesar, Hadrian, um, he sold the land with salt uh, and he made a decree. Um, all Jews um, are forbidden to live in the land of Palestine. Uh, they must be expelled. Uh, it's illegal um, in uh, th that period of time for the Jew to stay in uh, Palestine. And so they were dispersed to throughout all the land, and it's called the diaspora. It's a, a, a spreading out or a, a, a casting of the Jew out to the nations of the world and to the four points of the compass, the Jews, for over 1,900 years have been out of their land. But God prophesied, my wrath I will not always keep and my mercy shall come back uh, for this people, uh, and I'm going to bring them back, uh, and I'm going to have mercy upon them. Uh, and so here we have uh, uh, an incredible, incredible prophecy in Isaiah 66 and verse 8. Who hath heard such a thing? Who hath seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day, or shall a nation be born at once? For... As soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. A little background. World War I, 
Uh, Britain is engaged in a death struggle with Germany and they run out of gunpowder. This is very, very, um, uh, this is an incredible um, crisis. Um, and so there is a Jewish um, biochemist. His name is Chaim uh, Wiseman. Um, and he invents um, uh, the different uh, synthetics um, that uh, created synthetic gunpowder. He saved the day. Britain was able to uh, actually prevail in their part of the war. And so in great um, appreciation for this man's contribution, they were offering him riches. He said, I don't want riches. They said, what would you want? I would like a homeland for my people in Palestine. There had been others that had offered, well, let's put um, the Jewish people in South America, or let's put them in some place in Africa, some other place in Africa. But the Jewish uh, people said, no, no, our homeland uh, is, uh, is Canaan land, uh, is uh, the land of Palestine. And so in appreciation, uh, there was, a, uh, there was a, uh, a decree that was made, a legal document called the Balfour Declaration uh, in 1918 that in, um, in appreciation to Israel, uh, uh, this was passed up uh, that legalized Palestine once again in World War I, the, the British gained control of Palestine. They were able to expel or able to overwhelm the uh, Turkish uh, Muslims uh, and the other Arabs. Uh, they had control, and so they were able to do this, um, and they gave permission for the Jews uh, uh, to come back into Palestine. But, of course... Uh, the Arabs didn't uh, look on that favorably. Uh, they raised a stink. Uh, and so it was in starts and fits and stops uh, and all the way up to World War II, uh, where Hitler, the I call Hitler the second uh, uh, Haman. Haman was the first Hitler that tried to destroy all the Jews back in Esther and Mordecai's time. And now Hitler again tries to destroy the Jews. Let me tell you something. Whenever God is about to move in a powerful way of deliverance for his people, the devil senses that and always tries to extinguish. When Moses, the deliverer, is born, Pharaoh, type of the devil, tries to destroy the male babies, tries to stamp it out in its infancy. When Jesus Christ is born, the Messiah, the Savior, Herod, a demons-inspired king, tries to stamp out, he kills the babies of Bethlehem. When um, Israel has been given the opportunity to uh, once again be born, as, as it's pictured in the book of Revelations, it's pictured as she is a pregnant, Israel is a pregnant woman ready to deliver the Messiah. And the devil is pictured as the dragon that's standing there ready to pounce uh, as soon as the baby uh, is delivered. So what we have uh, is whenever there's a, a powerful pivot point, in the in timeline of history, in the timeline of prophecy, um, uh, the devil has a counterattack, a ferocious uh, and intense counterattack, a deadly counterattack. Uh, but you know what? Um, uh, it never works. Israel became a nation May 14th, 1948, due to the Union uh, UN Charter, and they were born in a day. 
Think about this. They didn't have a government. They didn't have an army. They didn't have school system. They didn't have all this stuff. And so here the, uh, the Jewish people come back to their land. They've been dispersed for 2,000, 2,500 years. They come back to the original land. They have the Hebrew language. They have been scattered around and they're the, the nations that they were put in, uh, they're constantly trying to get them to give up the Hebrew uh, traditions, Hebrew language. Uh-uh. They're not doing it. They keep their religion. They keep their faith in Jehovah God. They keep their, uh, their identity. Uh, most every other kind of people, we are called, if you're not Jewish, you're called a Gentile. And, uh, and most all Gentile nations that have been shuffled around through war and, uh, and being conquered and so on and so forth, uh, we just blend in with the other. The conquering race uh, takes us in and we blood, our bloodlines all mix. That's how it works in history, not the Jews. They are a very unique people. Uh, and so here they are in their land. Uh, and I declare to you that Israel is God's timepiece uh, for the nations. It is a prophetic signpost. It's a neon flashing light in the spirit realm. Jesus talked about when Israel, the fig tree, begins to blossom and put forth her leaves. You know that he, the Messiah, is near. He is even at the door. This generation shall not pass before all things are fulfilled. In Israel, the two symbols of Israel is the star of David and the fig tree. The fig tree represents uh, uh, fruitfulness. And so this is what Jesus uh, uh, picked up and said, learn the parable of the fig tree. And this nation that was born uh, May 14th, 1948, the next day, British uh, pulled their forces out uh, and the next day they're invaded uh, by several, at least three or four uh, Arab nations far more manpower, far more money. Uh, this ragtag group of, um, of Jews that come stumbling barely out of World War II, the concentration camps of Hitler, uh, they are not in fine fighting form, uh, and yet they not only uh, uh, defend themselves uh, and survive, uh, they actually win that war. And they have won the next five wars. Uh, uh, in uh, 57, they won a war. 67, they won a war. 73, they won a war. You could call, throw, throw in some other skirmishes. Uh, the point being uh, is that uh, they not only, this little group of people uh, in a sea of Muslims uh, all around, Arabs all around that have the oil riches, uh, all of the things that are against them, this little band uh, of God's people, covenant people, they survive. The only explanation explanation for that is that God's hand is upon them. Hallelujah. And God says, will a who's heard such a thing? Have you ever seen this? A nation that's born in a day and uh, suddenly, bam, there they are. And God has uh, been with them. You know, Mark Twain, who was a Jewish man, his name is Samuel Clemens. Uh, was, his pen name was Mark Twain. And he went to Israel to go in the 1800s, late 1800s. And he took a, uh, a tour through this land uh, and it was completely barren. Uh, it had been just given over 
over. It's just desert now. It's been, you know, it's been pillaged. It's been raised. Uh, the trees have been all cut. Uh, they sowed the land at one time with salt. Uh, it, is a, it is a desert, desolate place. Uh, Mark Twain took a look at this and said, uh, the Bible prophecies are wrong. This will never be a nation. It is a desolate um, wasteland. Yeah, a couple, a couple decades later, it is a nation, and it's now a nation that's thriving, um, and a nation um, that punches way, way above its weight. Uh, but we know that Israel, by its just mere existence, uh, is a thorn in the flesh, uh, is a smoke in the eyes uh, of nations. And if you are somebody uh, that has ears to hear, you will read Ezekiel 38 and chapter 39, and it speaks about uh, uh, what's going to happen as uh, the Russian nation is going to be a leader of a confederacy of other nations Persia, Iran, some other nations in this uh, group uh, are going to, in the last days, they're going to invade uh, Israel. So what we have is all of this uh, controversy right now. Uh, Maybe the world is saying that Hamas deserves to get punished because of their atrocities. Mark my word, mark my word. When Israel defends itself and Israel goes in in these next couple of weeks, the tide will change and they're going to be against Israel. Mark my word. All nations are going to eventually go against. One of the reasons the United States has been blessed and for all the craziness that we do uh, is because of our uh, defense and our standing with Israel. That's, that's, that's anybody that studies prophecy would probably agree with that. So let's bring this down. So we then that are part of the church, uh, there's a parallel on two tracks. There's there's a dispensation that involves Israel, and then there's a dispensation that involves the church. When Israel rejected the Messiah, God's attention shifted the focus of the church. On the day of Pentecost, the church was born. Gentiles came into the church, and that has been God's focus. Whether they're Gentiles or Jews, the focus has been on the church, or another name for the church is the Bride of Christ. But the bride of Christ only has so many people. There is, a, there is a time, there is a last person, as it were, that will complete the bride of Christ. Uh, there will be one last person that gives their heart to Christ, uh, and that will be the end, uh, and the rapture will happen. God doesn't tell us the day or the hour, but he says, I want you to know, church, I give you a space for repentance. God always is not willing that anybody should perish. God wants everybody to get saved. Not, not everybody's going to get saved, and God knows this. He said, during the time of Noah, I gave Noah 120 years, and sadly, many people that heard Noah preach righteousness. Uh, they saw Noah build the ark. Uh, you know what? Um, but they did not get their ticket, uh, their, their ticket to get on the ark. Uh, and God, Bible says, when the time was 120 years, he said, my spirit will not always strive with man for the days of man are numbered. 120 years, 120 years, 
Noah came in, the animals came in, and the Bible says God closed the door. It didn't matter if men are pounding on the door. It didn't matter if men are trying to pick the lock. It didn't matter. God locked the door. It's done. You had your time, 120 years. Bible said God's not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. He has given us an opportunity. He has given us a space for repentance. But you know what? To ignore that or to presume on that is the most deadly, deadly choice you can make. Because just as sure as Israel is back in the land, miraculously preserved, miraculously by the hand of God, so is the time coming when Jesus Christ will come, the trump of God, the voice of the archangel, uh, and the call of the church upward. You know, there was a, uh, a person that was in the uh, church of Thyatira in Revelation chapter 2, and she was a woman that is described as a Jezebel. So we're not sure. We're not sure, but this is a description. Jezebel was a wicked woman in the Old Testament, but she is named as a Jezebel that was in the church. She called herself a prophetess. She taught and seduced my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, but she repented not. So some people even think that she could have been uh, in ministry somehow and whatever. But here's the, here's the short word on her. She was immoral. She was unclean. Her morals weren't right. She was fornicating. She was maybe committing adultery. She had sexual sin. And God said, I'm going to give her a space for repentance. This is the God that we serve. He offers us before he drops the hammer of judgment, he says, listen, let's deal with this. You know what? You don't have to perish. You don't have to go to hell for your sins. You can repent. And, and, and she also taught people about idolatry. You don't have to be really committed to God. You don't have to be really committed to church and ministry and the things of God. You just kind of, you know what, get your little, uh, you, know, you know, say a little prayer and, you know, and yeah, you're eternally secure. And then you can go off and drink and smoke and, and uh, play clutch butt and all the stuff that people do. You know what, uh, it's no big deal. That's what she was teaching. I mean, that's, Alston has a, maybe a bad way to say it, but that's what she was teaching, to commit fornication and idolatry. But God said, I gave her space to repent, and she did not repent. I'm going to judge her. I wonder how many people are going to miss the rapture because they missed their space of repentance. You may not like what I preach tonight. You know, it's not alarmist. It's biblical. It's scriptural. And by the way, when I preach things like this, I don't preach this to just yell at people or just rag on people or be a doom preacher. Actually, I have great hope. You know what? I hope the Lord comes tonight. I'd love to get out of here. I'd love to go up in the rapture. I'd love to have my trials over right now. You know what, Tim? Uh, I'm going to the Philippines on uh, Thursday, but if the Lord wants to cancel that trip, I'll, I'll just see my Filipino friends and, and I don't have to take another flight. But you know what break, breaks my heart? 
There's just people in this room. You're not going. Let's bow our heads. You don't have to have that as your testimony.